We are standing right on the other side of Christmas. And for many of us, we know what that means. Uh, we got to put everything back up. The decorations, the trees, the things that we so lovingly set up for a month uh, now have to start coming down, and we've got to put all those things away. We've got to uh, stuff the trash can full of wrapping paper and torn boxes. Um, we've got to figure out a place to put the new clothes and maybe move some old clothes out, figure out a place to put the new toys, maybe figure out some old toys to get rid of. There's a lot involved in the days after Christmas. But I'd like us to think about it in a little bit different way, considering what we've just come through, especially with the, this concept of the Advent conspiracy and how Christmas is supposed to be a little bit different. It's not just about us, about what we give and get. It's about us uh, loving people. It's about us uh, spending less so that we can be more generous and give more. And it was about worshiping God fully, not holding back, giving him what he is due. And if you'll remember last, last week, we talked about the, the, the Magi coming and, and the gifts that they gave. Today, I'd like us to, to look again at this Christmas story, but I'd like us, when we look at it, to maybe see a little something, a little something maybe we haven't seen before as we consider the days after Christmas. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open to Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at verses, verses 8 through 20 of Luke chapter 2, a very familiar story. Perhaps you read this in your own home during the Christmas season on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning. Uh, you took time to, to read this story and to remind yourself of the, uh, the mystery and the wonder of it all. If you don't have your Bibles, we'll put the words on the screen for you. But if you do, if you'll open to Luke chapter 2, we'll look at verses 8 through 20. Would you stand with me and honor the reading of God's true and holy word this morning? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I'll bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Father, would you please help us to understand your word, apply it to our heart in these days after Christmas and as we move forward. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. I'd like us to consider some things that we can learn from these verses that will help us in the days after Christmas. And we find, find them right here. They're almost hidden among the angels, hidden among the scene of Mary and Joseph and Jesus in the manger. They are responses to what happened. And the first response that we see here is spread the word. That's what the shepherds did. 
they spread the word. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Now, if you think about it, if I were God, I think I could have found a better group of people to tell to start with than shepherds. Shepherds were on the low end of the, of the, the ladder. Uh, economically, socially, uh, they just didn't fit in. They, were, they would be grouped in with vagrants. Uh, they'd be grouped in with con men. They were, uh, for the most part, illiterate. They were considered ceremonially unclean because they were constantly around sheep dung. Um, they couldn't enter the temple to worship. They were very low-class men. In fact, uh, it is reported that the testimony of a shepherd was not even acceptable in a court of law. And yet, God chose them to be his witnesses. To share with them first the good news. To send angels from heaven in order to share it with them. And then they, having seen that everything the angel said, everything the Lord said to them was true, and having beheld the Christ child, they turned around and spread the word. I wouldn't have done it that way. I'd have chosen someone with a little more character, someone who might have uh, had a better reputation, and yet God's word says through the prophet Isaiah, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You see, the message of salvation came to unwashed and undesirables. Yet God desired them. And through Jesus offered complete cleansing for them. What we need to know from this is that no one is beyond the reach of God's grace. And none of us, none of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior are unworthy to spread the word. In these days after Christmas, we need to consider not just our privilege to rejoice in our salvation, but our privilege to spread the word of what's happened in our lives, how we too have been encountered by God, how we too have come to Christ, how we, our lives have been changed, how nothing has ever been the same because the day we met Jesus Christ. We are called to spread the word You say, well, wait a minute. I've got a reputation not much better than the shepherds. Nobody's going to listen to me. I think one of the reasons God sent the message to the shepherds is not just that they were awake and available. You see, God has a purpose. And that purpose is to show that no one is undesirable to God, nor is anyone unusable by God. And so our first response in these days after Christmas is to spread the word. Another response would be amazed. Luke chapter 2 verse 18, And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Now we can be amazed at a lot of things. We can be amazed at how, you know, how dumb people can be, how, how poor decisions that people make. We can be amazed at that. 
you may go home and sit by the fire today and watch a football game or two, although the Falcons don't play this afternoon. You may go watch a football game or a bowl game, and, and one of the things that you may see, and it, it's, it's just amazing how a wide receiver can be right in the corner of the end zone and reach out with one hand and pluck the ball out of the air and pull it in for a touchdown. That, that's an amazing thing to watch is, is just how athletic some people are, especially in light of me who would be stumbling and bumbling around and falling in the end zone rather than catching the pass. We could be amazed, and maybe some of you were at the lines at Walmart, which will be nothing in comparison to the customer service lines at Walmart in the days to come. But there is a kind of amazement that causes our chin to hit the floor when we see God at work in unmistakable ways. There is a different kind of amazement. It takes being amazed to a whole new level. The Greek term for amazed means to be wide-eyed with wonder. To be wide-eyed with wonder. As the shepherds went about, probably telling other shepherds or whomever they could find who was awake and would listen, When the people heard it, it said they were amazed. They were wide-eyed with wonder. We need this. Every year, now for 20 years, I've been preaching through Christmas. Lim, you may have a few more years on me in that department. And one of the struggles that pastors face as they go through Christmas or go through Easter is it, I've told this story how many times now? How can I make it interesting? And once a pastor's done that, he's crossed the line he should never have crossed. You see, our job is not to make the story interesting. Our job is to share the story. Our job is not to make God's Word come alive. Our job is to present God's Word, which is alive. You and I get caught up in so many other things that sometimes we lose our sense of awe and wonder about the greatest of things. That God would love us so much that he would send his son to this world to be born and wrapped in human flesh who would come in order not only just to teach and to live but to die for us so that we might truly live. In these days after Christmas, let's not lose our sense of amazement and wonder at what God has done. The third response that we can see here is to ponder. Ponder. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary's a wonderful story of faithfulness. If you just consider, here this teenage girl who's pregnant with this unbelievable story that the Holy Spirit had done this. An angel appears and says, you're, you're with child, and, and, and it's caused by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, how am I going to explain this to mom and dad? How, how am I going to communicate this to, to Joseph, that, whom I'm engaged to, betrothed to? How am I going to share this story in any way that it could possibly be believable? And yet her response was, here I am. I'm I'm a handmaid. I'm a servant. God, do with me as you will. Even in the face of the embarrassment 
and even legally could have been stoned to death for being pregnant out of wedlock. It says that after the shepherds came and, and said, hey, we would just want to tell you the angels came and told us about this baby and we wanted to come and see him. It says that Mary treasured these things up and she pondered them in her heart. The word ponder is an interesting word. It means to combine. One of the gifts that we were able to give to Nancy's mother were puzzles. She enjoys working puzzles, and, and so she got, I don't know, six or eight puzzles. She got a lot of puzzles. The, the object of a puzzle is you take all these pieces that are mixed up, and you, and you piece them together so that it makes the picture. That's what the word ponder means. You look at all these pieces, and you begin to treasure them and meditate on them and put the pieces together And so all the pieces that Mary had was the appearance of the angel, the announcement that she would be with child, the struggle that she had to go through in figuring out how do I tell people that, that she was betrothed to Joseph, and then an angel coming to Joseph in a dream and telling him. And then Mary going off to to her cousin Elizabeth, and the child within her, who happened to be John the Baptist, leaped with joy inside her. And all these pieces she began to put together in this final piece. This confirmation from God, the, angel, the shepherds coming, saying the angels have appeared to us and told us about this child, made the picture complete. Now for us, what does that mean for us? You and I are busy people. We are very busy people. Taking the time to meditate on all that God has done and is doing in our lives and to treasure and to value those things that he has brought into our lives helps us put the pieces together and see what God is up to, see what God is doing in our lives. It is so important that we set aside time to ponder the work of God because God is at work. He spoke to the prophet Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. We would do well in these days after Christmas to sit down and say, God, I believe this. Help me put those pieces together. Help me see all these little bits and pieces of my life that seem so strangely shaped, so miscolored, Help me see how you can piece these things together and work all of it for good because I love you and am called according to your purpose. The fourth response that we see here is glorify. Glorify. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and seen which were just as they had been told. The shepherds returned from that scene different men. They were never the same again. Oh, wait, they were still shepherds. They still went back to the same flocks, doing the same job. But you see, they were different. Just like for us, in these days after Christmas, you'll go to the same house, with the same dust on the furniture and in the corners, 
you'll, many of you go back to the same job, with the same pile of papers and the same pile of sticky pink notes stacked up waiting for you. Some of you will go back to school with the same teachers and the same studies and the same, same. So what will be different? We can be different. We can make a choice to be different. We can make choice to live at a different level, to live with a different attitude, to approach life differently. Christmas did not change the shepherd's circumstances, but it did change them. Because they had experienced the presence of God in their lives, because they had a hope that went beyond their daily grind, because God's grace had embraced them, reached into the routine of their lives, and His love had accepted them. They were forever changed, and they went away glorifying God How many of us, our lives would be so much different. Our relationships would be so much different. People would respond to us so much differently if we lived our lives glorifying God. How do we do that? Is it simply by singing a, you know, you pull up to the drive-thru at Wendy's and, and sing a hymn to them? Is that how we glorify God? Well, you could try that. How do we glorify God? We glorify God when we bring our lives, our attitudes, our responses, our words, our thoughts under the Lordship of Christ and live there. That's how we bring glory to God. The shepherds went back to their same lives, but they went back as different people. And now they could shepherd sheep to the glory of God. Some of you will be pushing papers to the glory of God. Some of you will be taking tests to the glory of God. Some of you will be dusting your house to the glory of God. And that's the way life ought to be lived. And in these days after Christmas, it's the way it can be lived. See, this season can change us or we can go back to just the way it was. Don't go back to just the way it was. Let this season and the meaning and the truth of it change you. You see, life can be different. If we'll spread the word of what God has done in our lives, life can be different. If we will be amazed at his daily grace, life can be different. If we ponder the activity of God in our lives, and life can be different. If we will glorify him for loving us enough to send Jesus. Your life can be different. The question is, will it be different?